KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. My name is Mark Longoria. I'm Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR. Thank you for listening to The Word in South Texas. This program is called Church of the Week. And it's my pleasure to bring to you, present to you, a, a pastor in and around the San Antonio area because our desire is that you would be a part of the local community church. Here with us in the studio is our uh, friend, Pastor J.D. Link, been uh, part of the KSLR radio ministry already for a while. It has a program that you can hear daily, Monday through Friday, at 6 p.m., uh, be it on the uh, 6.30 a.m. dial or online at kslr.com or on your mobile app. Make sure you tune in Monday through Friday, 6 p.m., for Grace Revealed with Pastor J.D. Link. Pastor, welcome to the studio. Thank you. It's great to be here again, as always, and appreciate you having me in. Yeah, good to have you. Um, we just want folks to get to know you. We've had the opportunity and the, the pleasure of getting to know you already for a while since you've been a part of the, the ministry here. But for the folks that don't know you, tell us a little bit a little bit about J.D. Link. Well, um, I was, I'm was i a Texas native and born in Corpus and raised uh, in the Hill Country area and went to school in Lakey, Texas. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then I was in the Coast Guard for four years and uh, got out. And that's when God got a hold of me was um, in 98. And I got born again and filled with the Spirit of God and called to preach all in a short period of time and uh, served at uh, a local church at that time. And uh, during that time, the Lord... Uh, called me to go to Bible college, and so I didn't know exactly where I was going to go, but had heard on the radio, I was working in Austin at the time, um, and heard on the radio Andrew Womack, and in his midweek program, he uh, talked about his Bible college in, in Colorado, and so as soon as I heard that, I just felt in my heart, that's where you're supposed to go. That's where I want you to go. So I got home and told my wife and said, we need to be getting prepared to go live in Colorado for a couple of years. Oh, that must have been horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was It was different. Yeah. You know, it was different. Well, I'm, I'm being facetious. I love, I love Colorado, all the mountains and stuff. I don't know if you were around the, the Rockies. Or, oh, yeah. 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 Well, Col- it's in Colorado Springs, and yeah. which is just a, a beautiful city, and the weather is amazing and and yeah. it's beautiful and a lot of things to do there and so yeah there's a lot worse places you could yeah. get called <laughs> well there's a couple of things that you mentioned that i want to i want to dig in a little bit deeper um first your your transformation over to christianity and then your calling to the ministry tell I'd, i always like to hear how that happened because you know god calls us in so many different ways and he's so unique so tell me first about how you became a believer in christ uh it was it was kind of a process, but um, earlier on, I had I was actually uh, raised Roman Catholic, but during that time, had never surrendered my life to the Lord. I, I wasn't born again, but I knew about Jesus and and that He died on the cross and knew you know some basics, uh, but was you know very much living for myself and and uh, and quite quite the sinner, quite the accomplished sinner, <laughs> mm. and. Um, but I had remember receiving gospel tracts at different points in my life and reading those and every little thing was a seed that was planted there. And I never, you know, I read it and it, it pricked my heart, but 
never really surrendered. And several instances like that happened throughout my life. And then uh, finally, what ended up happening, I, I got invited to, me and my wife, to a uh, from our in-laws. They invited us to a home group. And I think they were doing, um, it was uh, Black Abyss, uh Experiencing God was what it was called. And I don't really remember anything about it. And uh, only that it was further drawing me um, into interest in the Bible. And mm-hmm. then I started just reading the Bible. And then um, before long, I started hearing about a revival that was going on in Florida at the time. And so I was given some tapes um, from that revival. And there was an evangelist, Stephen Hill. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. But um, listening to him preach, I mean, I really I really got convicted. I mean, he, mm. he was an expert at using the law to reveal your sinfulness. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it revealed mine. And... And from that point, I can't say I have a specific day, but it was that whole process leading up to that to where I finally just hit my knees and put my face on the ground and just called out to the Lord for grace and forgiveness and really just had a radical experience with God. And uh, consequently, your your church is called Abundant Grace and the, your radio ministry is called Grace Revealed. So... Oh, yeah. obviously there's, it's all goes, it all goes back to the grace, it the does. grace of God. Cause we just can't earn our way as, as good as we might think we are. Right. <laughs> just, we just cannot do it. No, no. If it weren't for the grace of God, then uh, we'd all be bound elsewhere. Right. Tell me about your uh, calling to ministry. How yeah. That, occur? that was something, uh, really shortly after I got born again, um, and was attending a, a church. I really felt, I, I really wanted to to speak, I felt uh, compelled to give my testimony and to and to speak about the Word of God. And I was at this time I was constantly feeding on the Word of God. I was reading the Bible, books about the Bible. I was listening to Christian radio all day long at work every day. And so there's a plug for Christian radio. I mean, it was really fundamental in in my growth as a Christian. And um, and so several experiences happened. I had an experience one night where I was just really what the word of God calls filled with the Holy Spirit. It was it was really powerful and that transformed my life. And then shortly after that, I really felt in my heart, you're called to preach. I'm calling you into the ministry. And it, I mean, I felt like it was the Lord speaking to me. Well, then your, I, I'm sorry, but just to interrupt you here in your natural mind. Did you fight it or did you just say, okay, I'm just going to do it. No, I was excited about yeah? it. Okay. Yeah, I was, um, I really felt, I mean, I actually remember a, a phone conversation I had with some people where I called them and up until that point in my life, I had been really directionless. Um, I was, I was just working to live and paying mm-hmm. the rent and had no aim, no goals, no mm-hmm. purpose really in my life. Um, and from that point, I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew why I was placed on this earth. And I remember this phone conference calling these people and saying, you're not going to believe this, but I, I know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Mm. I, I know what God's called me to do. And it was so established in me. And so I, I accepted it. All right, Lord, how, how does this happen? And uh, sh- shortly after that, three different people within a span of, of a few weeks or months, three different people whom I didn't know and didn't know me, spoke to me and said, God has called you into the ministry. He's called you to be a teacher in the body of Christ. He's, he's called you to be an evangelist in the body of Christ. 
And so just received words like that and which all confirmed what was spoken to me. And I think that's an important thing to know about words that are spoken to you, that they should always confirm something that is already in your heart. Yes. And uh, not just, oh, well, this person said this to me, so I'm running with it. Well, right. It's like, make sure that that's God and, and then and then that confirmation kind of. Uh, you know, kind of puts the, the dot on the eye. And so um, besides the inward witness, I had those outward confirmations as well. And so the next step was, I suppose I um, should go to Bible college. And and, uh, and then that's when I came across the Andrew on the radio. And, and that's when the Lord said, that's where I want you to go. And so that's where we headed off. <laughs> wow. Well, you're listening to this program called Church of the Week. I'm Mark Longoria, and uh, you've been listening to uh, Pastor J.D. Link, pastor of Abundant Grace Fellowship, located at 650 Ranch Road, 165, out in Blanco, Texas. More information, you can call them at 830-833-3225. Let me repeat that. 830-833-3225. And, of course, online. You can always find them as well at Abundant Grace Fellowship hyphen blanco.com abundant grace fellowship dash blanco.com grace revealed is a program you can hear on am 630 kslr monday through friday at 6 p.m right here and um also invite you to go out and be a part of the uh, sunday morning experience at 10 a.m out at abundant grace fellowship and uh wednesdays at 6 30 p.m again the address is 650 ranch road 165 out in blanco pastor's life different out in Blanco than in San Antonio? <laughs> yeah. A lot less traffic lights. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a definitely a slower pace of life. Um, but it's not too far away. It's really from, um, from 1604 and 281, it's only about 40 minutes. And so okay. it's uh, still rather close. But, yeah, it, it is different in the sense of it being much uh, slower and, and slow. quieter. <laughs> well, if I'm going to ride my Harley anywhere, it's out that way. Yes. It's, yeah. it's quieter. It's calmer. It's nicer. Yes, uh, yeah. it just seems to me like uh, living out there is a little bit nicer and slower than than the busyness of San Antonio. It it is. Let's it talk is. about let's talk about uh, the church. Uh, let's talk about Abundant uh, Grace Fellowship. First off, again, I want to go back to the name Abundant Grace Fellowship. Um, I guess we got a little bit of a sneak peek as to why it's called that. But uh, how did you end up with that particular name? Um, that that name was actually. The Lord speaking to me as well. I remember where I was sitting. It was my second year of Bible college, and and that's when he had called me to plant that church. It was in my second year of Bible college. Because up to that point, I just knew the next step was go to Bible college. And even in Bible college, I wasn't sure where to go from there. And so I'd been really praying and seeking the Lord. Lord, what's the next step? Where do you want me to go from here? And in my second year of Bible college, the Lord spoke to my heart. I want you to go back to Blanco, which was a real shocker to me. Uh, not that I don't love Blanco, but it's where I had come from, and uh, I was willing to go anywhere in the world. You know, the old grass hut in Africa thing, or or what have you. I was willing to go on the mission field, and and uh, but he called me back to Blanco, and so and which I'm thrilled about now, and I'm thankful for. But in my natural mind, it didn't make sense at the time. Yeah. And uh, I was reading the Word of God, and and I was in Romans chapter five. Uh, in my living room there in Colorado Springs and came across verse 17 of Romans chapter 5. And it says, He who has received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Mm. And when I read that term, abundance of grace, immediately 
I felt in my heart that's the name of your church, Abundance of Grace, Abundant Grace Fellowship. And so that's that's basically where the name came from. And uh and so I really felt like that was that was the name the Lord gave it as as opposed to something I made up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I'm just in awe of the grace that is extended to us. Um the the abundance of grace and what was the second part of that? And the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. It's a it's a God given gift. Yes. Of righteousness. When we I know that sometimes we, we hear about or uh trying to earn our way or being better and not that we shouldn't strive to to be a better person a better christian but it it doesn't earn us the righteousness that has already been freely given to us as we accepted jesus christ as our lord and savior he already paid the price that's right so grace is just something that every day i try to wrap my mind around the grace of god and and just i'm like wow i'm i'm just i'm amazed how how God can love us so much in the midst of our sin, in the midst of betrayal, in the midst of our, you know, just who we are as as human beings sometimes still, that God would just extend his grace and his love out towards towards us. Oh, yeah. So, it just amazes me. It, it is. It's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, tell us about the church now. You've had it for how long? And uh, tell us about the uh, ins and outs of the ministry. We've been there for uh, 12 years now. When I, I graduated in uh, May of '03. And then immediately came back, and the next week we we had service on Sunday in my uh, in laws' living room, and and so we've been going ever since. So um, uh, back in 2010, the Lord and we don't have time today, but that's a phenomenal testimony is how the Lord we were able to get our own building because we met in a community center for seven years there, and we were able to get our own building and own piece of property completely debt-free, and uh, it was a, a building that was a former real estate office, and so we've slowly, we, we do everything debt-free. It's just a, a conviction I've had from the Lord and, and um, that we live out in the church. I try to live in my personal life as much as possible, too. I, I do have a mortgage, you know, but <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. I try to I try to stay out of debt, and Hopefully, like the Dave Ramsey thing, I'd even like to get to the point where I don't have the mortgage either. But yeah. but with the church, we've done everything debt-free. And uh, so our building's paid for, and we've just been slowly remodeling step-by-step step since 2010. And in fact, um, we're scheduled, the last thing to get into the new sanctuary is the carpet to be laid. And that's actually supposed to happen the 18th of this month. And so... By February, we should actually be in our new sanctuary, and it's about twice the size of where we're meeting in now. Nice. And so we're we're super excited about that, and and because we've been working on it for years, and uh, and just as the money comes in, we do a project and just keep doing it, and now we're we got the last bit to do the last part, and we're ready to move in there. And God's been really faithful. Amen. Yes, he is. I found that uh, there are some times where ministries are focused on a particular area. Maybe their calling is in a particular area. It could be missions. They're very heavily uh, missions-oriented. It uh, could be Bible study. They're big on, on you know creating students and disciples. and that. It could be a, a variety of different things. That they're all good. Um, I don't know. It could be feeding the homeless downtown. Is there a specialty or is there something that you feel a specific calling for? Abundant Grace Fellowship. Yeah, the 
what you said about, and actually you mentioned two things that we are passionate about, and, and that is missions or the support of missions and specifically the persecuted church. And, uh, and also to discipleship rather than, than, uh, just making converts is to really discipling and teaching people. Um, but, but even with the name and, and the own experience in my life and, uh, with the grace of God and what happened to me and the transformation in, in my life, it's really communicating that message, God's amazing grace and the finished work of Jesus Christ. And now because of that, what it has created us and made us new and what it's, it's caused us to be now and really our identity in Jesus Christ and, and it being all about him and everything that he's done. And then the fruit coming forth from that, kind of like what you mentioned earlier, is that it's not that we shouldn't uh, be good Christians, but it has to be from the inside out instead of from the outside in. Mm. You, you can't try to try to work it out um, in your life if it's not within you to begin with. And so once you establish who you are in your spirit, what God created you to be, and this amazing creature he's, he's created you to be now in his own image and in union with his spirit and righteous and redeemed and holy and sanctified, then as we acknowledge that and understand that, then that outworking comes in our life and it comes at a much better uh, it comes in a much better way in our life because now it's not a performance based thing where we're trying to please God, but it's naturally an outflow of our relationship with God. And so the, the fruit still going to be the same. It's going to be, it's going to be the fruit of the spirit and all the things the Bible talks about, but it's not going to come with the, the striving and mm. the, the hopelessness and the, and the condemnation that, that you feel trying to do it based on law. Yeah, uh, because you have to. And mm. so that's really that's really if in everything that we do, our focus comes down to that at the foundation and the root and everything being an outflow of, of who we are in Christ. And that's that's really what we focus on. Yeah. You know, throughout time, uh, well, obviously, time changes things and um, Christianity is, is no different. Uh, Christianity has changed throughout uh, throughout history, uh, now more than ever, we're starting to see hints of persecution against Christians, even in our own country, whereas before that really didn't exist. Right. Uh, obviously, it doesn't compare to the persecution that you might find in other countries and other parts of this world. But you did mention that earlier. So why is it important to you that uh, that you support and pray for uh, ministries, especially the persecuted church around the globe? Yeah, the Lord really placed that in my heart early on. In fact, very soon after I got born again, I came across a video from Voice of the Martyrs, and, and it really touched my heart. And ever since then, that's been an aspect of what I do. And I teach on that because a lot of times, because we have grown up in America where there has been religious freedom, and it's been essentially a Christian uh, nation, not in the sense that everybody's a Christian, but those principles and foundations are there and have shaped society. And uh, But now, in the day that we live in, that's not the overwhelming view um, from a lot of people now. And that persecution, we, because we're Americans, aren't exempted from that. And um, and the idea that, well, that, that, that just can't happen here, but it can happen here, and it is happening here already. And like you said, not to the degree that it is in what they call the 1040 window or mm -hmm. a lot of Islamic and communist nations. It hasn't gotten to that degree, but nevertheless, it's certainly to a greater degree now. 
And um, we see in our society uh, a rejection a lot of times of things that used to be just accepted, and now they're not anymore. And so now the Bible's question, now if you uh, voice or or live your Christian life or, or say anything negative about what would be a sinful lifestyle, well, now you're pegged a hater and a bigot and and um, and even we know people and have heard stories that are they're being fined because they stand for what the word of God says concerning marriage. They're being in uh, imprisoned. They're being their businesses having to close down. That is persecution, mm-hmm. not physical, but it's persecution nonetheless. And that's just suffering for the name of Christ, for your standing Christ. And that's what it is. And so I think it's important for us to pray for them and other nations, but also for the American church to be strengthened and prepared for what not only is coming, what is already come, Mm -hmm. what has happened and how to handle that and to be grounded in that so that when it, when it comes or when it increases, that it doesn't take us by surprise and that we think, well, I just can't believe that's happened here because uh, we're not, America's not the special place to where, you know, none of that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that we have to be aware of that and prepared for it as a as a people. We've heard it say that knowledge is power, <clears throat> but um, I've also heard it say that uh, knowing isn't good enough. So we can know something, but if we do nothing about it, then what good does it do for us to know about it? So what can we do as as the church? I'm talking just about the average person here in and around San Antonio, you know, uh, that maybe we've been in church for a while, but we really haven't paid attention to the persecuted church. But now since this has come to light, what can we do about it? Oh, I think uh, there's excellent ministries out there to be a part of. Um, the The first and foremost thing is prayer, because persecuted Christians around the world, when you talk to the different ministries like Voice of the Martyrs, uh, International Christian Concern, um, Open Doors USA, and others, if you if you talk to them, they say the greatest thing that that Christians that are in these persecuted nations uh, want is prayer. Mm-hmm. They want us to pray for them, and so that's fundamental. If if that becomes that one thing, if you will, if each Christian here in America will put the persecuted church on their prayer list, their daily prayer list, to lift them up in prayer and lift them up to God and identify with them, as it talks about in Hebrews thirteen. And uh, as as we are chained with them, pray for those, remember those in chains as if chained with them. And, and in 1 Corinthians where it says we're all part of the body and when one member suffers, we all suffer. And so to identify with them, pray for them, and also, too, to help support um, ministries like that, like Voice of the Martyrs and International Christian Concern, who are getting um, supplies, they're getting Bibles to these Christians. They have people on the ground in these nations that you can get. Uh, uh, packs to products to like blankets that they need or shoes. They, they um, help support pastors that are on the ground there doing the work of the ministry. So there's a lot of different avenues and a lot of good um, fruit that can come from praying for and being involved with these ministries and financially supporting them. In about a minute, cause we're getting ready to close out our time here together, but in about a minute, can we hear from you as a pastor now talking about the local community church what can you tell the church, the body, hey, this is what you can do for your local community church? Oh, well, first and foremost is faithfulness. I really believe in that because not only does it benefit the local church, but it benefits you personally. For you to be a part of that family of God 
and to come together, to worship together, to pray together, to hear the word together, to have communion together, to, to honor God with your, with your offerings and tithes. And so it really creates community. So to be a part of it is really the most important thing that you can do for not only the church, because your presence there and the gifts and talents that you bring bless all the other people. And it's reciprocated. When you go, you get that blessing of the gifts and talents of others and their love back to you. And so that's really the way it's supposed to be, whether it's not one person getting blessed and the other isn't. It should be in that community of the church that each person is receiving and having their needs met and, and their spiritual needs met and being loved on and growing in Christ as a disciple. So that's really, to me, the most important thing is be a, don't be a Lone Ranger. It might take you a while to find one, but ask the Lord to lead you to the church he wants you to be a part of, and uh, he will, and that's where you need to be. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor, for being here with us today and just sharing a little bit of your heart. We uh, appreciate you and everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. If you want to hear more from uh, Pastor J.D. Link, well, all you got to do is tune in to this radio station Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. to hear Grace Revealed right here on AM630 KSLR. Also, if you want to go out and visit the church, get to meet Pastor in person, we encourage you to do so. Go out and uh, visit Abundant Grace Fellowship, located at 650 Ranch Road, 165 in Blanco. Sunday services are at 10 a.m., Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Again, the address is 650 Ranch Road, 165. More information at 830-833-3225 or online at AbundantGraceFellowship-Blanco.com. Here on behalf of uh, everyone at AM630 KSLR, we hope you have a great rest of your weekend. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com.